Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, All right here cool. we go. Now that we got that established. <laughs> so welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. We got a, a really cool dude in. Corey Conway is a Fishhead team member. And we're also going to have on Greg Vinson of uh, Major League Fishing Bass Tournament Pro. Uh, he's the Fishhead Pro staff. But let's talk to Corey first about his involvement with uh, Fishhead and how we kind of got him on the podcast and stuff like that. Right on. Thanks. This is such a humbling experience. <laughs> no problem. I'm bro. excited. I love what you guys are doing here. Thank you, man. This setup is is uh, sweet. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I was just fishing a lot and happened to use the lures and, you know, uh, tagging Fishhead and uh-huh. DMing here and there. Um, I guess they liked what I was doing and I think it was about, gosh, going on three years or so now, uh-huh. reached out to me and talked about uh you know just being more like on their promotional marketing awesome. team for the west coast and really because they're known mostly for largemouth and freshwater and they have you know a presence pretty much across the country but they want to get more into the inshore and so the you know the spotted bay bass and the yeah. halibut and stuff like that they really open their eyes um to to getting into the west coast scene and to you showing what, I mean, you, you're a very avid fisherman, so, and you use their, you promote their baits a lot and you do catch a lot of, a lot of spotties and a lot of halibut. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure they're stoked to see what you're catching. Yeah. And, and I think the timing too was, was right when the, the underspin just the, you know, the excitement of that. Bait. Which was probably what, about a year and a half ago. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was right around or before then and, um. So once that's kind of like set fire, they're like, oh, wow. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's super great organization. John, the owner and his wife, Erin runs the, um, the Instagram page or anything else, but you know, and it need anything. I can always reach out to John, awesome. you know, um, I don't get like, you know, it's not like free stuff. It's not anything like that. It's more, it's what I make of it, you know, and that's, what's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's, what's really cool is that. They support, you know, I get discounts on lures. I'm buying lures anyway, so I get discounts on their stuff. All their stuff works from the underspins all mm-hmm. the way up to their chatter baits to their, like, jig heads that I brought in yeah, today. And he brought some really cool jig heads we're going to talk about, some underspins. Uh, really cool stuff. We appreciate it. Me and Justin. Justin's not here today. He had to work, and uh, I'm on vacation, so this is what I'm doing on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh so what we're going to do now is give Greg a call and uh, get him on the podcast. This is our first call in. So we'll see how it goes, guys. Let's cross our fingers. 
Hello. Hey, Greg. It's Nick with Cast and Crank and Corey. Hey, Greg. Hey, Nick. Corey, how's it going, guys? Great. Uh, like I said, uh, guys, I, I kind of screwed the pooch, and I, I, ha- I didn't get to test this whole module out, and he's hearing a little bit of feedback, so we're going to give him a little bit of time if, you, if there is a little bit of a gap and an answer and a question. But um, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. This is really awesome. You're our first, you know, uh, bass pro and major league fishing bass pro. We really appreciate that. Awesome, man. Appreciate the invite. Yeah. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about, uh, major league fishing. I mean, that's uh, kind of new. Uh, so yes. were you part of the Bassmaster before? I was, I was a Bassmaster lease series pro for 10 years. Wow. And, um, uh, got there, you know, I've been thinking about doing the major league fishing for a while. And uh, just just never got the opportunity to, to, to do it. You know, we always had a full schedule. Uh, got a, a wife and kid at home. <laughs> and, uh, and, and bass fishing is an expensive trip. Uh, it's, <laughs> sure so um, I was really excited to have the opportunity to fish that format. And when uh, everything went down this year, um, I was just really excited to get that call and get that invite. Now, do you, now, since you went to the major league fishing, you no longer fish part of the Bassmaster. Is that is, you kind of move? Uh... That's true. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. The um, the way the schedules are, and uh, it's just basically you had to make a decision uh, which way you wanted to go. And uh, I've had a great career with bass. You know, all the way going back to fishing club tournaments and. Uh, and fishing the Federation, making the Federation Championship, and all of that was through bass. And uh, then to work my way up through the Opens into the Elites, um, a lot of great people with that organization. And, and uh, so that it was a it was a difficult decision to, to leave that behind uh, for something that's hopefully better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the goal. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So this is your first year, and. Uh... What are some of your, um, if you can give us your background on your tournament experience, because you're, I mean, really amazing angler. So we kind of want to talk about that, you know, like some of your placings and stuff like that. Wow, man. You know, I never, I did. I imagined being a bass pro. Um, my dad was a, was a diehard club angler, a weekend angler. He fished some local tournaments. Um, I grew up on Lake Martin mm-hmm. and, uh, which I, I didn't realize how lucky I was. It was all that, you know, all I'd ever known, but I was very fortunate to, to grow up on such a beautiful lake. And, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot else to do <laughs> when I was at home, but fish, you know, we, otherwise we were kind of out in the sticks to be honest with you. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, outside of playing sports, I love playing sports, always been a competitor and, uh, and I've always loved catching fish. And, uh, so when I got out of college, having that opportunity to, fish tournaments where I could mesh those two passions, you know, the competition and fishing. Um, I was just, I just couldn't get enough and I still can't get enough to this day. Yeah. I hear you, man. We're the same way. Um, I have a couple questions for you. So one yeah. personal question I have is if you were to come to California to fish, say, uh, I don't know, I guess Southern California, maybe diamond Valley, clear lake, lake. or clear lake, clear lakes hard mm-hmm. because, that's a totally different area than where we're at, and I, I know the fishing's a lot better. Have you ever fished anything in Southern California? I haven't, man, but no. I've been doing a little research, and uh, I was listening to one of your other podcasts, and, you, and I heard 
the guys talking about spotties. And I was like, oh, cool. They got spotted bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <They're a little laughs> different. <laughs> and uh, so I listened in a little bit and did a little more research. And I was like, hmm, that looks like some, something I'd like to do right there. So um, I would love to to come out and fish for some saltwater brackish water species. You know, we've the, we've got the bays and deltas here in, in Alabama and the surrounding states, Louisiana, um, South Carolina, all of those, you know, you have those uh, brackish water fisheries and, and you can fish for, you can head upstream and fish for bass and bluegill and crappie and you can head a little bit further downstream and get into, we, we have the redfish and oh, speckled yeah, trout. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I would love to fish for a unique species. I mean, that would be a totally new species. The first time I caught one, uh, that would be a totally new species for me. And that, that, that in itself is, is something exciting. I'd never get tired of catching fish. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. So let's talk about um, some of your line of uh, bait that you have on Fish Head and yeah, some uh, yeah. tips you maybe can give for us uh, on rigging. Greg, I, br- like I brought in the, uh, the V-Lock and the, the new V3. Okay, uh, cool. Just, just cool. so they had that to hear and sure yeah that the biggest thing you know one of the cool things with fishhead is um there are a line of baits the primal series that are probably geared a little bit more towards you know the the black bass species mm-hmm. but then there's a lot of baits and the original fishhead spin you know the bait that put fishhead on the market is uh are minnow imitators or they're built for minnow imitators and i've not met a predatory fish yet that I can think of that doesn't like to eat a minnow. <laughs> and that's, uh, so it, and, and the best minnow imitator is a small swim bait up to the bigger, bigger swim baits. Um, depending on the size forge you're trying to imitate, mm-hmm. you just match up with the size swim baits you put on there. And the V lock is, uh, designed for more like the hollow body type swim baits. I was, um, been doing that for several years around here fishing hollow body swim baits on a jig head and uh, just never found one that was that i felt like was perfect one of the frustrating things about it was a hollow body swim bait doesn't have much meat in the head you know to hold that bait up on the the the, a porridge keeper um you know the screw locks were a good option but basically we're having to super glue everything wow and uh you know we're dealing with schooling fish uh you know and i say schooling fish i mean maybe fish that are down deep but but they're fired up you've got a school of fish found and you get that school fired up um there was nothing more frustrating than one pulling the swim bait down and then having to change baits and wait on super glue to dry while the fish are sitting there (laughs) (laughs) streaking on the screen um but but it was a great bait to to pick off those bigger fish and so we've worked on the head and, and designed several features in there to hold those uh, hollow body swim baits up with this the two prong the v style keeper will hold those hollow body style baits up and uh, by simply if you want to use a solid body bait you can press those down just a little bit and man you can fish um you can catch multiple fish uh they, they won't pull it down and another thing that to me is an advantage is when they do uh, tear up the bait it's very easy to run one right back up on there and get back to work and not wait on super glue to dry. And I don't know, I've never tried super glue, but I I doubt it tastes good. So (laughs) I don't think they're going (laughs) to, I don't, I don't think they're going to want to bite wet super glue, you know? And so you're going to have to, you're going to have to either uh, glue a bunch of baits ahead of time 
or you're going to be fishing with wet super glue. And, and it gets uh, on your hands and it's, it's, it's a mess. Clothes. It's a mess. It's, yeah, and I, and I still use it from time to time, but man, it was just, I just got so frustrated and I, and I started with a paper clip. I was taking a paper clip and, and putting it on the shank of the, the head that I was using at the time and, and basically just, just tying it and to, to get that V style. But once we found, when we started pouring it, we put some lead on the shank of the hook and what that does, it helps the swim bait run a little bit more horizontal, a little more natural. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it also kind of, uh, encases that, that two prong keeper on the heavier, especially on the heavier sizes. It, uh, moves a little bit of the weight from the head down to the shank. So it's a smaller profile. And, uh, and, and that head's designed with a bigger hook. That's designed for bigger baits, bigger fish. Um, I was going to ask you about that hook. It's, yeah, it is. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a beefy hook, dude. And, uh, and I like that, you know, we're dealing with our spotties here, spotted bass. And we have the, the Coosa spots that you probably heard of the Alabama spots. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, they are mean, dude. They're mean fish, <laughs> and uh, and they will they will tear your stuff up. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so uh, it's it's good to have a good beefy hook, especially if you're throwing those big baits, because a five pound spot pulls about like a sixteen pound largemouth. Wow. <laughs> uh, they they are, but they're a lot of fun, and uh, so that's a that's a beefy setup. Um, but in recent years, you know, like the smallmouth uh, in the spotted bass and clear water, like Lake Martin has, you're dealing with smaller baits a lot of times finesse presentations clear water um and those fish are feeding on on smaller forage and uh and another technique you know that uh you may or may not be familiar with uh a lot of a lot of folks are still calling it demiki fishing i, was and, say, yeah. uh, I don't like that because it refers to a single bait yeah uh, and you can put a lot of but but it's a vertical technique um that works really really good it's it's uh kind of like the drop shot but you're using a, a single head and, and the beauty of that is is you can you can set that at any depth on the graph and put the bait right on the fish's nose uh, but the presentation is real similar to a drop shot and that's what the v3 was designed for it's it's balances uh, it's a you'll notice it's got a smaller profile hook uh typically using little small minnow imitators yeah. you know two two and three inch uh baits you know um but the smaller sizes of that v3 the reason we we mentioned versatile in the in the v uh the v3 category is uh it's versatile as a swim bait head um one thing i noticed when we were testing it the flattened underside causes it to sort of swim down um so if you've got a small swim bait on there and you cast it out now i was looking at this in my pool initially and watching that head fall and it shimmies down. Um, and then once you start it up, it uh, flattens out on a really good plane. And we went with the, the Gamakatsu hook and, and that was a big decision for us um, because we could have put a less expensive hook in there that would probably would have worked. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of times you get the fish that just want to nip at the back end of that swim bait. And you need a really sharp hook, and uh, and two when they when you've got them cut out on the end of the hook like that, um, a cheaper hook will flex a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and so this that two aught for us, you know, we went we tried the one aught uh, in several different brands, and it just didn't match up with enough of the swim baits. Went with the two aught, and it was like this is it. You know, it's got it's got a little more little more meat to it. Um, 
I've actually fished it on a bait caster with some success. Wow. Uh, but it's di- it's designed for finesse fishing and, and with lighter line and spinning tackle, that super sharp hook makes a big difference. That's and, awesome. And you have a, uh, you, you're involved with the actual design then. You're not just oh, yeah. telling them, you're yeah. like, hey, give me that. I'm going to form it. No, I, no. I, I was, one thing I love about uh, working with fish head is they've let me have a lot of input, uh, especially developing the two swim bait heads. And, and both of those came from, you know, a need that I, that I had personally. And, uh, you know, I was actually looking for a head on the market that would, that would do, uh, what I wanted it to do. And I just couldn't find anything I was satisfied with. And I s- talked with John at Fishhead. I was like, Hey, look, man, you know, I, I think we can, we can do this better. And, um, and he was all, all ears and, um, you know, he was all, all systems go and really turned me loose with it. And, uh, it, it was cool to have that freedom to work on those baits and, that's awesome. And, and go through that whole process. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> another thing we like to do on our podcast is uh, talk about all the fun stuff when you're growing up and uh, the rookie <laughs> mistakes. You got anything uh, good for us? Of, usually someone's dropped a boat off the trailer. I didn't have a drain plug oh. in. We had a couple guys actually <laughs> sink boats on this podcast. So How many times have I left the drain plug out and dropped the boat in the water? <laughs> Yeah, I was I was fishing the PAA at uh, Logan Martin one time, and and it's close to the house and known for doing. No, I take that back. It was Neely Henry. Uh-huh. Neely Henry and I, I had finished uh, second. I missed winning by eight ounces the year before wow. Steve Kennedy. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna put the boat in early. You know, I'm gonna get get down to this area and check it out real quick before these guys. You know, I don't want these guys to see where I'm going. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> all these, you know. I don't know about you guys, but bass fishermen are like that. We don't oh, want yeah, anybody to see where yeah. we're going, what we're throwing, you know, all that. It's all a big secret, and it's all on the Internet. But <laughs> <laughs> not really. I, I put in, dude, and I hauled butt down the lake. I ran like 20 miles maybe. Wow. I got all the way down there to my to my deal, and, you know, I'm like, okay, it's early, and I, I'm, I'm going to work, and I'm fishing, and all of a sudden I hear the bilge pump. You know, the automatic bilge pump kicks on. I'm just like, what the heck, you know? <laughs> Pulled the plug last night, you know, there's no water in the boat. And, you know, I just kept fishing. I didn't want to stop, and all of a sudden it just kept pumping out. I was like, oh, man. So it was, it was, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, and I've got the whole day. I was going daylight to start fishing, and uh, the boat I was running at the time, the drain plug, was way up under the boat. Like oh, you had man. to go, you had to go scuba diving to get to it. <laughs> so you're screwed. So, man. so I'm like, okay, I can run back 20 miles, put it on the trailer, you know, lose the first hour of practice, and these guys see where I'm going, or I can go swimming. And uh, so I did. I, I jumped in <laughs> and uh, kind of. I felt my way around till I found the plug and got it back in and pumped the water out and I was back after it and uh, fished for a few hours soaking wet. But uh, <laughs> I bet. Thank, thank goodness it was summer and not not a February tournament. Oh, <laughs> I would have been an icicle. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's 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 pretty cool. You know, thinking back, you know how far you you've come, and then we still do rookie mistakes. You know, I've been doing this for. 12 years now and I, I still leave the drain plug out occasionally i just don't run 20 miles before i realize <laughs> yeah, i think we've all done that if you're a bone owner even worse than that um, no kidding let's talk about your pb bass your uh, personal oh bass. man dude i caught uh my two biggest bass ever 
have come in, in tournaments. Um, one that I'll call my personal best is not actually the biggest fish I've ever caught. It was a 10 even. Wow. But I was fishing the Strin series, which is, uh, you know, it's been the coast. Uh, I think it's now the Everstart uh, with FLW. Mm-hmm. And it was down on Lake Okeechobee. Wow. And I had uh, had a decent day, had a decent limit. And I caught, uh, I, had, I had about a five or six pounder on in matted gator grass, flipping gator grass. It's like fishing kudzu. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have kudzu. Uh, we got kudzu in Alabama. It's, a, it's like rope. I mean, you just can't. <laughs> You just can't pull through it. Yeah. And uh, so I lost about a six-pounder, and I was just sick. And I uh, had about 10 minutes left before I had to start back. And uh, so I'm kind of fast flipping down this stretch of the bank uh, before I had to, you know, before I got to go. Mm-hmm. And I get a I get a bite. And uh, I almost blow past it, you know. <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> lean on it. The boat sets the hook because the boat's drifting so fast. And... Uh, this fish just, it's, it's like, it was like I had an alligator hooked in alligator grass. <laughs> just everything was going just nuts. Wow. But I couldn't pull the fish through. I mean, this stuff is, it's literally like trying to pull through, you know, nylon rope. And, uh, the guy with me, I, I told him, uh, I'm going to pull the fish to the top. You run the net underneath the mat and let's just, that's all. Let's hope we can, we can get them. I don't mean, I don't care if you had 300 pound braid, you weren't going to pull this fish out of this stuff. <laughs> and, uh, he did, man. He got that. He got underneath that fish, and and we. I had no clue, you know. I, I knew it was a good one, maybe a five or six pounder. And uh, he pulled the the fish out from under the mat, basically. And, and I just kept seeing fish. Like the fish never ended, you know. Yeah. It was just it was such a big fish. But it was a ten even. That was my first real true professional tournament. My first, literally my first day, first tournament day of my first professional tournament ever, and I caught a ten pounder. And uh, I took that as a good omen. Uh, <laughs> was that big fish for that tournament? I did get big fish, and, wow. and, and uh, you know that was that was cool. You know, in Florida, you know, a ten is a is a super giant for us. Yeah, you know, it is for anybody. And I, but on Lake Okeechobee, you're not guaranteed that to be big fish. Yeah, really. and and I did, and um, it was just yeah. I just remember that feeling like I just did that just happen. Like I, I literally threw the fish in the live well, cold. And took off in the whole, you know, I had about a 20 mile run back and the whole way. I'm just like, did that just happen? Did that just really happen? <laughs> and, uh, but it did. Uh, but my, my personal biggest bass came a few years later in Florida again. I caught a 10 five. Wow. And I got to see it all happen. I, the, the fish was on bed. It's probably one of the easiest fish I've ever caught, to be honest with you. I was, <laughs> I was in an area I had already fished. I was doing some sight fishing and, uh, I looked down and, and, Seriously, I thought it was a log and a log laying on the bottom in a canal. But I was like, there's no logs in the canals in Florida, you know, it's yeah. all residential. And and I followed it back and I could see something moving and it was the, the fish's tail. And the fish was just dead still that I could see the tail waving. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, <laughs> the fish. And, and I didn't know if it was on bed, you know, it wasn't a clear bed or anything. Uh, sometimes they'll bed on a little dark spot. And uh, so I thought, you know, I'm going to spook this fish. It's going to be gone. I dropped the bait down there. First drop, the fish tilted up about 10 degrees off the bottom. And it looked like it just barely op- opened its mouth to kind of blow at it. And so I went to move the bait. And when I did, I felt pressure and I was like, she got it. And I set the hook, and literally, the, I thought the fish was going to break my rod. I was using braid, and 
that fish was this is by far the strongest bass uh, of course the biggest bass but it was definitely one of the strongest fish that i've ever fought and uh, I, I thought it was gonna break my rod literally and, did you get a picture of that bass I did. I did. Awesome. I, I, it was a Bassmaster Open, and uh, of course we released it. That was that was cool, you know, to, to release one like that and have a good picture of it, and of uh, something I'll have forever, you know. Amazing, amazing. Have you ever had like one of the fake mounts made for any of your fish? No, I haven't. I haven't. You know, it's funny. I don't have a single fish mounted in my house. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, when I was a kid, my dad had told me, hey, if you catch a five-pounder, you know, we'll we'll get it mounted for you. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't guess I ever caught a five-pounder before I got out of the house. <laughs> but I, I Actually, I had a couple on at my house on the lake. Uh, you know, I saw one. I know it was uh, it was plenty, and I remember seeing it swimming and thinking, that's my five-pounder. Yeah. And I hooked a fish, and, uh, and I lost it. <laughs> I was just sick, man. I, and... I mean, I still remember that like yesterday, you know, and that was, that was a long, long time ago as a kid, but, um, no, I, I caught, uh, I've caught some big spotted bass, but for me now having that picture and, uh, it, it just means just as much and knowing that I was able to release that fish and maybe somebody else will get to catch that big fish one day. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's, that. that's, you know, more special to me than, than putting it on the wall. Definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, if there's anything else you'd like to go over with a fish head, uh, we don't want to take up all your time. We really, really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. This has been amazing. You're our first uh, Bassmaster, our Bass FLW. I'm messing it up real good right now. MLF. That's right. That's what, what editing for. <laughs> You're our first MLF uh, pro, you know, and uh, if anything you want to add, Corey? Yeah, I was going to wonder, are you able to talk about what's what's going on with major league fishing and you know maybe maybe yeah. just some yeah. clarity between yeah the, I, I, the any fishing. questions you have Corey? yeah go i mean if you you go for and cool. um and i'm i'm aware there's some common questions that we that we hear and um yeah it's it's all good good stuff to talk about all things i'm excited about awesome awesome um so i i guess just for starters how is the the tour going to be different from the show because uh, you know the the show and, right. and the series is, you know, um, multiple multiple fish, multiple updates, fish tracker. Right. It's a very high speed. You know, you can't touch the fish. They don't touch the floor. You know, right. all that. You know, right. Going from to me, I, I would think going from where you've been with bath. Oh yeah. To to that style, and I, it's, I always crack up seeing like the crossover on these guys. They're just like when they They're all geeked up. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they're just used to dropping the fish on the floor, and they're getting penalties and such. So it's yeah, it's very yeah, entertaining truth. for us, but I'm sure it's frustrating for an angler. So I'm just curious what's the, it is and, the difference. And you know, you, uh, I noticed a lot of times. I guess you don't realize how many just come off as you swing into the boat or up to the boat, or you're trying not to let them hit, and they just flop off. You know, they just come off, and you're just like, oh man, <laughs> <That's> too <laughs> right. Nice. But no, I, you know, one of the, one of the big things for me is, um, you know, one of the biggest difference between the tour and what people are used to seeing the Bass Pro Tour, what people are used to seeing with the, uh, major league fishing with the cup series is uh, we're going to, we actually have a schedule. Um, we've got the dates. Uh, the first one's been announced. It's on Lake Toho and that's unique, uh, for MLF, um, 
the regular cup events, everything you've seen so far, uh, the anglers had no idea where they were fishing. Um, they, they knew what region of the country they were going to be in, but there were usually, you know, several different off- options for fisheries they would be going to. So we do know the schedule and uh, the logistics just basically required that, I believe. You know, you got 80 anglers, uh, you got to have 80, uh, you know, basically judges. And um, they do want to have fan involvement. Uh, they're going to have a lot of uh, an expo set up. There's going to be a lot of interaction with the fans there. And, and announcing that schedule uh, is important for that. Um, but, and, and get back to the, the differences, um, we'll be able to practice. Oh, nice. uh, we're only going to get two days of practice versus, uh, you know, we're used to getting, you know, about three days of practice for the lead series events in the past and, and other tournaments even more. But yeah, two days of practice and two days goes by so fast, you know, you got to really, I mean, you got to get after it and put it together. Mm. And especially, uh, you know, you don't have to remember the format you're fishing is, um, you're going to have to catch fish. Um, that's number one rule. Make sure you're catching some fish and then you've got to pair that with quality. Um, you know, so ideally you want to be on a good solid pattern a good solid area where you can you can keep getting bit throughout the day. Um, but I've got a feeling with us being able to practice, guys are going to be able to put things together to, to upgrade the quality. Right. And, and the importance of a big fish is, is still going to be a huge deal, um, especially in a place like Lake Toho that's got 10-pounders. Mm. Um, you know, so you're, you're going to see the scoreboard change a lot. And uh, – it's going to change. It's going to change fast, and it's going to change often, and uh, it, that's going to be exciting. Is there um, a, like a five fish limit, or is it as many as you? can It'll catch? be number of number of legal fish, and and uh, just got word the other day the way we'll classify legal fish will be one pound. Um, so it's a little bit different. Most oh, yeah. in tournaments past we've done leaf limit, um, but you know sometimes you catch those short fat ones, you get to keep those. <laughs> <laughs> You get to count those if they weigh a pound. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be a running total. So, you know, you can't just go to your area. um, And I did this in a recent tournament uh, with Bassmaster uh, at at the bracket. You know, I caught uh, enough to qualify for the next round, and I just just shut it down. Um, But with this group of anglers, you're going to have to to go wide open. I mean, you're just – the the score is just going to keep running up and you're going to have to keep catching fish. You're not going to be able to lay off or lay up. And, um, you're going to really have to focus on putting fish in the boat. And, uh, I have a feeling when this, all this shakes out, it's going to be the guys that find that good, um, combination of numbers and quality, you know, it's going to be the key. Uh, you just can't, you're not just fishing for five big ones or one big one. Um, one thing I like about, Lake Toho is kind of funny that that's our first tournament is uh, the Florida lakes in the past. You, if you got one big bite a day, you'd have a great tournament. Um, if you only got one big bite one day, you know, you might not be in the top 50. Uh, but with this format, if you're, if you're putting fish in the boat, um, you can have a good tournament and you're not just at the mercy of getting that lucky big bite. And, and so this kind of changes up, uh, if you say if you were a swim bait guy, a big swim bait guy, yes, it's kind of yeah. not going to work. <laughs> no, no, you, you you're not you're not swinging for you're not deer hunting. You know you're you're not swinging for the fences yeah, one big bite yeah. anymore. 
Um, so the way you're going to have to fish is, is fishing a pattern that, uh, you don't want to limit yourself to little fish. Yeah. Um, you got to make sure you're putting fish in the boat, but you've got to do something that gives you the opportunity to put those quality fish in the boat too and, uh, and find that combination. And I can promise you if a guy's been catching, uh, two pounders or, you know, a lot of guys are catching twos, which happens a lot of times in Florida and, uh, and you pop an eight or a nine or a 10, like I did, uh, down there at Okeechobee, you're going to skyrocket <laughs> on that leaderboard. Oh, yeah. yeah. So bet, uh, don't, don't think that it won't be, uh, an exciting deal when guys catch a big fish and yeah. maybe even more so than we have in the past. Yeah. Because you're, you're going to be working more for a, a mid mid range fish than you are those big ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, 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 you're going to try to keep running up the score. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, you're going to want the quality fish. You know, if you can catch, uh, two and a half, three pounders, that's going to be a huge boost over somebody that just says, Hey, I'm just going to try to catch, uh, you know, a lot of one pounders. That's not going to, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. Is the, is the, um, the schedule similar to bass where it's, you know, year round or, I remember some of those events yeah, were we've, out in the middle of the winter and it's snowing, and they were saying that viewership was low during that time. Yeah, um, we're going pretty hard um, in within a, a smaller time frame. Um, I think we're wrapping up around August. Um, I haven't haven't looked that far out, but I think the last tournament's around August, maybe maybe early September, and then uh, you have some some other events. But mixed in with that are your cup events. One of the unique things about major league fishing is the format. We've got eight regular season bass pro tour events, but every two bass pro tour events, uh, the top 30 guys out of those two events will go to a cup event. And that'll be something like you've seen in the past on television. That's the cup event. Um, and so there'll be four different, uh, opportunities to four different cup events. And just because uh, you could be having a bad, you know, a bad season overall and, and uh, you get into those last two uh, Bass Pro Tour events, you can qualify. You can have two good tournaments, make you make that last cup and do well enough in the cup and make the, the championship um, by putting it together right there at the end. So nobody's you're never out of it. And that's one thing I like to, um, awesome. you know, I've, I've experienced that before. Uh, it's it's a tough feeling going you know going into the last tournaments of the season and knowing man you know I'm out of it you know <laughs> it's it, got to be tough <laughs> yeah yeah so that that's a, that's an exciting thing for everybody and, and uh, keeps everybody upbeat and and swinging hard definitely well again uh, we appreciate you coming on we we really do yeah <clears throat> man is there anywhere that people can check out like on Instagram do you have a page. People yeah, Greg. You're fishing. Yeah, Greg Vinson Pro Fish, and uh, you know, got the, uh, the athlete page, Greg Vinson. Great. And uh, if I can figure out how to get Twitter on this new phone I got, <laughs> then I'll, I'll keep my Twitter updated. <laughs> you can tweet from out on the water. Uh, I'll give you some tweets, but right now I'm 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 not tweeting. <laughs> even even uh, though you aren't local, we like to promote people's local tackle shop. Do you have a local yeah. tackle shop you do like to go to? Oh man, I, I've got a new one uh, right here in Wetumpka, Alabama, mm-hmm. and it's, it's called Burt's. And uh, they just opened up. Some really good folks that I know uh, from years back, and uh, they're, they're a great place to shop. Awesome, yeah. I mean, if yeah. 
maybe if we get some more listeners, they might, someone might hear that and, you know, help them out because we're all Absolutely. about helping, you know, local tackle shops. Yeah, you know, and it, one of the things, too, is I love the online stores. Uh, anywhere I can get tackles, a good place to me. I'm a tackle junkie. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but having those local stores, you know, gives you a chance to get the stuff that works in your area. And, uh, you know, I always remind people of that, and especially if you're, you're new to the area. One of the quickest ways to learn about a, a new lake is just to drop by the tackle shop and see what's on the shelf. And uh, sometimes those those guys will talk to you and share with some patterns with you and things like that get you started. So that's that's a benefit you get from shopping at your local store. Definitely, we agree with you. Well, again, thank you for your time. And uh, everyone, you know, if you can check out uh, Fishhead, all their great stuff they have, a lot of good stuff, a lot of finesse stuff too it looks like. Yeah. If you want to, like me, all I do is drop shots, so I got a new new thing to try. Oh, you got to try that V3, man. Get the I, three eights. I Quarter will, and three I will. eights. Put your little small minnow on there and go to work. Yeah, exactly. all, the, all the lakes out here are deep and clear reservoirs, perfect. so yeah. it's got to yeah. be perfect for that, right? So, yeah, all right, good. again, thanks, and uh, take care. Hope we thanks, can have guys. you on again. Appreciate the chance to be on. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Greg. Take uh-huh. care. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. That was... Uh, that was Greg's part of the interview. Uh, really cool to have him on. We've never had a, a bass master, our major league fishing guest on, so I'm super stoked. It's like when I wake up in the morning and watch those uh, Fox Sports West, you know, people entering. But uh, let's talk more about Corey. I mean, you're a avid fisherman. We I see your post all the time. You're always oh, spotty fishing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, mostly spotty fishing and the kayak. It's mostly my thing. <coughs> um, local bays. Huntington, Newport, uh, Long Beach. Mm-hmm. You Love have it. sometimes in the kayak too? I haven't. I haven't. No. I have some friends down there and haven't made the trip down there. I've always wanted to do like a summer thing where we could camp and fish and do all that for like a couple of days. Yeah. But never really got to it. But yeah, it'd be pretty damn cool to do that. <laughs> have you took your kayak, a kayak past the like break wall and stuff? No, but I've been super close. Really? Uh, like scary close uh, <laughs> in, in the fog um, in Long Beach. So I didn't even, like maybe a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I was kind of. <laughs> I mean, what is, I, uh, what, is your, what does your wife think about that? I think he's calling back. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. You want to I'll, I'll answer? Real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello? Hey, how's it going? You're, you're, I took you off the podcast. You're just done. Yeah. I think you should be able to hear us now. Yeah, I got you. Can you hear yeah. us? Yeah, I got you. All right, now go ahead and shoot that story up. All right, so I'm not a rookie at this point, uh, <laughs> but I was a classic rookie. Uh-huh. And uh, qualified for my first classic, uh, my second year of the elites. And we went down to New Orleans. Uh, I was going to be in the New Orleans Delta. And so I was well aware of venice louisiana is you know full of bass uh the only problem is it's about 120 miles from where you're putting in at wow so the only problem uh so i studied i studied up on it you know and it's my this is my first classic and who knows you know at that point i thought it might be my only classic so uh i did doing everything that i could to do as well as i could in the tournament and uh staying in a little hotel down in venice in spent hours and hours on google earth 
you know, studying the area and, and, you know, had some, some photograph maps. So I figured out they were in these little clean canals, but you had to figure out how to get around down there. And I'm used to running shallow water. You know, it's one of the common things, you know, in the, in the bays, you're dealing with real shallow water. Sometimes you got to take some chances to get in those places. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's hard enough to get into one that you know how deep it is on the other end. Um, but uh, I, I went down there by myself, was running around, and didn't have a whole lot of experience in Delta waters at the time. So uh, we had a strong cold front uh, came in before the stay of practice. The wind was blowing about 30 miles per hour out of the north, mm-hmm. and it just didn't register, you know, what was going on in the bay. You know, that you're talking about the Gulf of Mexico, you know, facing mm-hmm. south, and so I took off down this canal that I had studied and it looked deep and it was shaped up well, like it had been dredged recently. And I'm trying to get to this little dead end canal that, you know, I see on the map looks pretty deep. And so I figured out my route. And so I'm just wide open down this canal and I should go back and mention, I've got a brand new boat. And one of the cool things about being a bass pro is you get a brand new boat every year. Yeah. And I've got three hours on the engine. So technically I'm still breaking the engine in it. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, boy, did I break it in right. Uh, <laughs> Is that a two fifty? That was a two fifty. It was, and I'm running down this canal that on my map looked perfect and had plenty of deep water, and it's four feet deep. And all of a sudden, I look up and I can see uh, ripples oh. on the water ahead of me, and it went all the way across the canal. And so my instinct was. I'm I'm not going to make it across this because I could see this for many, many, many yards. Mm-hmm. And thinking back, I should have just hammered down <laughs> and just gone for it. <laughs> but I did it. And I tried to, I tried to turn around in a canal and, and, and I was thinking if I keep it on plane and get turned around and get back to that four feet of water. And I didn't, I, I, the, the prop spun out. The boat sat down, and I'm out in the middle of the bay, you know, by myself uh, in in an area that I don't know anything about, obviously. And the boat's bogged down, and uh, well, that that north wind will blow the water out of those bays um, in South Alabama and Louisiana, and um, so I was stuck. Wow. And I didn't know what in the world I was going to do. I mean, it was it was going to be about 35 degrees that night. There's not a single boat in sight. Oh, uh, I, I'm like waiting. You know, usually most places you fish, you're used to seeing boats go by and you flag somebody down for help and all of that. And nothing, dude. And I, all I can see are ship stacks, but they're going up. They're headed up the Mississippi River. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I'm like, I felt like Tom Hanks and Castaway <laughs> out there. I'm going to have to break out. I'm going to have to break out Wilson somewhere just to keep me comforted. But uh, l- luckily, man, I had met a guy. I had just met a guy down there and um, and kind of befriended me and was, you know, asking about, hey, the, you know, the fishing down here, you know, just, just trying to get some intel on the place. And uh, I had his number and I called him and he had a buddy uh, that had a that had a mud boat. They call them mud boats. They use them for duck hunting. Uh-huh. Big, big, long tiller comes off the back. Yeah. The things you know, can run in the dirt. And I had no clue, man, but where I had shut down, I was only about two miles from a ramp. And the guy, he came down there. 
I mean, I was stuck, dude. I was I was gonna spend the night out there. And <laughs> luckily, the guy got me out, and uh, so I don't take chances like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I bet, man. And uh, I, I go a little bit easier, and I'm I'm a lot more aware of what happens, at least here in Alabama, Louisiana, when we get a north wind in the base. How <laughs> uh, you learn? How did you do and, on that tournament? I did good. I made the cut. I uh, had a good first day. I uh, had a good yeah. tournament. I made my way all the way to Venice and back uh, without getting stuck. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a good uh, a good tournament. Uh, the ironic thing is that the tournament was won. Uh, KVD won it about two miles from from the ramp. Oh, God. <laughs> no I was way. running 200, 240 miles round trip uh, oh, each day. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a chance you take. It's something you do in bass fishing and uh, it's really, really – unbelievable amazing experience for my first Bassmaster classic being down there in new orleans so it all worked out okay uh, one thing i didn't mention is when i got in that night we finally got in my brand new boat was coated with this mud uh this this cake bay mud uh destroyed a prop oh, uh those oyster, oyster shells were embedded in the hmm. in the mud and so every time i try to get it on plane uh, it would just blow mud up in the air. The mud would blow back onto my back and onto the deck of the boat because the wind was blowing so hard. And I destroyed a brand-new prop. And uh, luckily, my motor made it through the year <laughs> after, wow. after putting it through that. But uh, that, that's an experience I'll never forget, and hopefully a mistake I won't make again. Yeah, great story. Thanks for giving us a call back to tell us that. Yeah, that's yeah really I thought that was cool. Thanks again. Be something, and, uh, something I meant to mention earlier, but I, I start rambling. You know, you know how it is. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Well, again, we right, appreciate guys. it and have a great rest of the night. Thank you so much. All right, much. guys. Appreciate it. Take have care. a good one. All right. Bye. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Great story, cool. man. Great. Yeah, that, that happened to me. Uh, well, I, we went to uh, Idaho for family reunion, and I... Uh, was taking my mom for a ride and there was one high spot in the snake river the prop no way yeah so we were gonna go bass fishing me and my uncle i found a lake up there and i'm like forget it i'm I'm like i'm not gonna take the chance the props like chewed up i don't know what's gonna happen so we didn't go but yeah that's that's a good tip too man to keep an eye out when you're doing stuff yeah, I mean, he's going, what, 80 miles an hour? Yeah. <laughs> like well, like, well, I don't know how fast in the canals, but... Oh, I'm sure with a 250, you're going, you're jamming, but... So you've, you've gotten, crazy. you've floated pretty close out to the break wall on fog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone, I've gone out to the break wall. I'm, you know, I'd love to get a little bit better kayak to get out there, you know, along the break wall itself. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, just fishing on mostly on the inner side. Just um, hitting the wall, uh, working the wall on. Uh, yeah, just like the inner side wall, and then yeah. there's a couple islands out there uh-huh. that are that are pretty awesome. Oh yeah, I like those islands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was actually it was actually pretty scary. Um, I was coming out and. I thought I had an idea of where the shore was. Like, you know, you always want to have an eye on, like, where the shore, right? So I'm paddling along, and it's thick fog. I swear, I can only see, you know, seems like a couple yards in front of me at this point. And I'm used to fishing Newport, fishing Huntington. There's some cruise ships out there, but they don't normally start going until noon or whatever, especially during the seasonal times, but... Long Beach is a whole other animal. You know, you're dealing with like the <laughs> second largest port in the country. And they don't you know? stop. So yeah, they don't stop. So <laughs> you're dealing. You know, you look over and it's it's like a moving mass that's ten stories tall. Yeah, it's just this massive tanker or whatever it is. So um, anyway, I'm paddling along and I thought I had an idea of where the shore was. Like, okay, I'm gonna paddle out here and then I'm gonna come around and you know I'm gonna work this spot and then I'm gonna come over here. But uh, I ended up getting turned around somehow, and a lot of my fr- my friends will laugh because they call me wrong way Conway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, especially uh, like especially like something I love, like fishing. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, gotta go. You know, I'm not thinking of like where I'm going. You know, I'm just yeah, like, I, like yeah. okay, let's go. So um, I'm just paddling along, and then you know, a boat would pass me, and I would hear. Like, oh, dude, that's the guy from the ramp, dude. Uh-huh. He's all the way out here. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I'm paddling along. I'm paddling in dense fog. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, if that boat saw me, that's a good sign. Yeah. You know? Um, so I have a little headlamp on. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'll just put the headlamp on backwards. So that way someone coming from behind me. We'll see you. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully I'm nimble enough to get out of the way of something coming f- towards me. And yeah. That was my plan. So I'm paddling along and I'm paddling along and uh, I'm like, okay, that's that's one of the islands over there. So I start paddling over to it. It's not an island. It's a. It's as I get closer, I realize it's a tanker. Oh shit. Yeah, and and because of the fog, their fog horns are going. So burn, yeah, burn. You know, and and basically they're just stationed all around the bay. Yeah, and so it just discombobulated me, like for sure. I mean, there was. A horn going from the north, one coming from the west. I mean, did it's you just... have, do you have a fish finder? Yeah. Do you have a, a GPS? No, actually, I didn't. I do have all that, um, but I didn't have it with me. Uh-huh. And and so I'm I'm going along, and you know, just being stubborn. You're like, oh, I got it, you know. <laughs> but I'm paddling like just seemed like forever. Yeah. And I'm going along and going along, and then I finally just see this guy. It was, uh, you know, I'd say it was like mid it's mid-november it's foggy and i just see this like ski boat go by they all have their shirts off and the guy's like wakeboarding like Wah! you know and i'm like i'm like i have no I'm like, okay so i i go past i go they luckily saw me so i'm coming along and then and then i actually i'm like okay this is this is the break wall i'm actually at the break yeah. wall right now great and um so later you know long story short i'm like Okay, well, I know I'm not going to get ran over because I'm like, here's the wall. I'll just fall out all the way. I'll just fish and follow my way back. Like, yeah. you know, just relax and fish. And, and where did you launch that day? Yeah, I launched right out of Queensway, okay. just a regular yeah. launch ramp. Yeah. And I ended up all the way 
um, to like the furthest point to the, the wall? yeah, to oh like the God. left. And I had happened to just catch the break wall by like, I don't know how many feet or how many yards before I would have just been out into open ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, I think I, I was lost, like lost at sea, if you will, <laughs> for lost a good at harbor. Yeah. I was lost <laughs> at harbor for a good 35 minutes yeah. or, or longer. So I, I paddled a good, I think a mile or two. Um, just, you know, maybe even longer, um, just out there. And, you know, so later I go home and I look at it on Google earth. I'm like, where I actually ended up. I'll show you. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow. Like that was way off. (laughs) You'd laugh. You'd laugh if I showed you where I was actually trying to go and out there. But, um, it was very far. It was pretty far from the distance. I'm not normally, you know, I'm not used to paddling that far, but the distance is far. But when you're going in like circles and then back around and then you take into the, the current was so heavy. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons that it just threw me out there. Maybe because yeah. it was outgoing, but, um, yeah, it, it just really made me think I'm like, damn, you know, so I ordered, uh, you know, some just regular like fog lights and you have the Novanix app, Novanix uh, on your phone. No, I don't. You should get that. <laughs> that. I use it. I probably use it more than my GPS. Sometimes. No way. Yeah. Cause on the I, boat, like, cause it shows you where you're at. You're not far out. Well, the, the Lawrence fish finder I have. It's, it's great, and I'm sure it has that option, yeah. but, you know, I, I just really use it for the, the bottoms. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm not really using that, but, but yeah, I mean, I definitely got to use that, and it was just kind of one of those ones. I I wasn't, like, in a full-out panic, but I was definitely nervous. Yeah. Let's say that. I bet. I yeah, bet. and it kind of widened my eyes to, you know, I don't know if you saw, um, I think it was last week, a uh-huh. lady a lady drowned in Carlsbad. On a kayak? On a, well, she was on a stand-up, stand-up sup. Um, yeah, it was real sad, you know, midday, you know, if you're looking at the scenes, you know, was she wearing a, like a, no, nothing yet. so it was midday, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh-huh. you know, not a cloud in the sky, just super sunny great day where everyone wants to be on the water. It yeah. seems like, right. Um, but what they didn't take into account was the tides, you know, yeah, in the winter time, it's just like a six foot plus, yeah, you know, exactly. tide swing. Right. Yeah. So I guess she was coming out, um, during the outgoing and uh, there was a, a buoy line and the board got she she was with two kayakers they tried to jump the buoy line they fell over and got swept away they popped up later and they were fine oh wow but she unfortunately since she was leashed the board got caught in the buoy line and then she went under and just dragged just dangled there underneath oh, that's horrible dude yeah i'm just thinking of that i was like man how like because i mean everyone's helpless right and yeah and i saw the the newscast on it and it was it looked like a raging river i mean well not raging but i mean it was the current was yeah, moving, it was moving yeah. so you think oh it's a bright sunny day you yeah. know you never know what can happen and then, then all of a sudden it's just this tragic event yeah you know? so man. yeah it's that's super cool. sad huh. yeah let's let's do some positive talking <laughs> yeah where do you go from there <laughs> let's but, talk um, about some of your pbs yeah. Oh. So let's talk about your spotty. What's your biggest spotty? Oh, uh, for for spotty, you know, um, you know, I I think the long the, the one I have measured is just about sixteen and a half inches, uh-huh. um, but it was a football. You yeah, know, the thing yeah. was so big. I, I I brought it in and um, it had to it had to have been just right under three pounds. You know, it was fat. Um, I got it on the fish head chatterbait. Cool. You know, yeah. um, the white one with the um. Had the live uh, live fork 
uh, Lake Fork. Yeah. It's a, a swim bait trailer on uh-huh. it. And I think just ate it. But um, yeah, I haven't seen one that big in a long time. So that was one of the biggest ones I have on record. Uh, well, that I measured. Yeah. So, you know, um, a lot of, you know, most of the fish are just, you know, up to 14. If you get those yeah, awesome, yeah. you know, anything over 15, you're in the 16 class, you know, that's great. I think my buddy, my buddy Chris got one in, in back bay that was like 17 and a half. Wow. Spotty. Yeah. Yeah. I, that when I first started fishing, I, I would go to Huntington Harbor a lot and I went with my son and I caught a, uh, I think a two and a half pounder on a, one of those mini big hammers. It was like an mm-hmm. inch and a half. Oh yeah. Oh, I never fished those and I was just fishing it and I got slammed. I'm Micro like, hammers. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, like, and it, it, it was awesome. Yeah. 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 Those are, those are great little, little uh, jigs. Oh yeah. What about halibut? Halibut. I think just about 30 inches. It was like That's 29, nice. 29 and change. Do you keep any fish? No, I don't keep anything. Nothing. Uh, you know, do you like, eat fish? Oh yeah. I love fish. The sushi is <laughs> like my favorite. But, you know, when I, the way I think of it and, you know, being a fisherman, you have to, I have to explain myself, you know, you have to explain yourself. Yeah, You're the catch and course, release guy. Anyone <laughs> in your family or anywhere you go, you just come back from somewhere and you're going to like an event or whatever. People are like, oh, you fish? Like, what do you got? You know? <laughs> I either, what can I eat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you must eat well. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, I do. But we catch and release everything. Yeah. So that's, that's like the big thing. Unless I go like on a, on a tuna trip. Yeah. Which I haven't been on one of those in a while. But, uh. Or, um, yeah, you know, so, something like, like that where you pay the money and you're exactly. going out for a day or two days. That's what, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and even then it's kind of pick and choose on what you're going to keep. And yeah. I just, I really just have that infatuation. I think it's from my dad growing up. He, and your dad's who got you he's my a big fisherman. Yeah. My dad got me into fishing. He used to fish a lot with his brothers growing up mm-hmm. in Jersey um, you know, it was just rivers and streams yeah. where all they, they grew up. And so, um, and they would just catch natural, like smallmouth perch, you know, everything, whatever bit back there. Have um, you gone back there to go fishing? Yeah. Family reunions. We'd go back and, yeah, good um, fishing, huh? yeah I was just throwing a Rapala and at a random little lake and we caught a, uh, a pickerel. And then uh, we caught a couple bass and such like that. That's so awesome, I mean, dude. yeah, it was really cool. So he's always been he's the one that got me into fishing. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as PBs, yeah. I mean, for spotties, yeah, I don't really think it's like a, you I know, can't get I like a PB it, thing. It's, it's, you're between so two or big. three pounds and usually yeah. everyone's about the same. Yeah. So it's not something like crazy, like rave about, you know, I don't yeah. have like a four pounder, you know, what I don't even have a... like a registered three, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I just have such an infatuation with those fish. Yeah. And I, dude. and I, and I kind of boiled it down to why. And I, and I think it's a lot of the crossover with the freshwater. I mean, literally wake up, not that it's like that easy, but you can wake up and say, I want to catch them on spinnerbaits today. Then, yeah, then, yeah. Hey, you may get one and you may get none, but exactly. there's an opportunity there. Yeah. Right. Or, um, I want a Texas rig robo worm, you know, or whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever definitely. it is, or like the fish head chatterbait with the underspin on that thing. You know, being able to catch bass and halibut on that is just awesome. But being able to catch spotties on all that crossover gear, um, and and being able to dial it down and try to get patterns and just work and build the consistency part of it, that yeah. that was big to me. Yeah, because I feel like being able to go down and shore fish and go to docks, you know, great. You may have a good 
time, but to go out actually on the water and then know the contours of the bottom, where the grass is, where, you know, where, and try to figure out what the fish are doing yes. at the times of day, um, just makes all the time, all the difference in the world. Yeah. Super yeah. cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, you do, you have, he brings some really, Corey brings some super cool pictures uh from lake fishing too you have what's your pb largemouth you got some big yeah yeah actually um well i was lucky enough to uh, spend some time when my like i said my dad you know got me into freshwater uh-huh. really got me into fishing we did all the charter boats and everything else so i maybe talk a little bit about that if there's time but um we did a, a couple of road trips up to clear lake yeah awesome. yeah and uh my <laughs> uncle my uncle moon his name is moon so mooney <laughs> um, we go up and visit uncle moon and, yeah. and he fishes there like at that time, you know, this is early mid nineties. Yeah. He would fish there like three times a year. I think he had like his early spring, late spring, and then early summer. And he would stay at Indian lodge and <laughs> this is what he did all the time. So yeah. my dad's like, we're going to go up and see Uncle Moon, and we're going to stay, you know, a couple days at Clear Lake. Awesome. And he's got this little bass tracker. I mean, it's probably, like, the smallest one that they have, but <laughs> just he loves it, and it's just an amazing little boat. It really – we've caught some big fish on that thing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So we're out there, and it's, like, 14 foot, 14 foot boat. I'm, you know, um, I'm, not, I'm, like, this time I was probably, probably going on, like, maybe, like, 15 and I'm like going through a gross for it. So I'm like getting bigger. And my dad is like, he's only, he's only like six two, but you know, he's, he's a what big, you, hold on only six. He's a big dude. I'm like, I'd pay fucking thousands of dollars <laughs> to be six two, buddy. <laughs> but he's, a, he's a, we're like, we're like pretty big people. And my, my uncle moon, he, he's not very tall, but he's, you know, bigger he's dude, a yeah. bigger dude, you know? So here we are, like the three of us on this, like 14 foot, uh, you know, and Bass we're out there with Uncle Moody. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so we're out there, and uh, day one, you know, we're out there showing, and he's showing us some spots, you know, whatever. And you know, I, I if I think of time of year, I think it was early spring, uh, maybe early spawn, maybe mm-hmm. like March, I think it was the time. Um, but uh, we're out there cruising along, and there's like a couple different, like I think there was one island, and we went to another little spot. And um, I'll never forget, I was just. I was flipping a uh, a brown and I think orange jig. It's uh-huh. just it couldn't have been over a quarter ounce, and it had the big Uncle Josh Hank Parker trailer on this thing. <laughs> I mean, this is like people talk pig and jig now. Yeah, like what, yeah. people don't, you know. But this is a hunk. Like, yeah, it was like the size of like a baseball. Like this yeah. thing was big, and and the funny thing is, it's like. Now too, we talk about gear, yeah, you know, and, and gear, and everything's over seven foot. Well, uh-huh. this was back then. This We're was, using the little the little rods they're talking about. It was, it was my biggest, stoutest rod. It was a Shimano Crucial, uh-huh. six foot two, jig and worm rod, six go. foot two, <laughs> on ten pound line, catching. So I'm pound. <laughs> yeah, so I'm flipping. I'm flipping along, and uh, you know, my dad got like a five in the morning, and then my uncle so Moon how old are you got a three. Time? Uh, you know, I, I would say I would be uh, maybe like 14, maybe 15. So you've been, you've been to, to flip at, at that age. Like my, like I said, my kid has, my kid will throw a hookup bait and uh, some live bait and that's about it. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so, but you were into it at that age. You were yeah. like, this was it. Like you're flipping like 
You knew what you're aiming at. Yeah, you know? flipping, That's skipping, awesome. all that. Yeah, yeah skipping yeah. too. That's like awesome. pitching, yeah. The whole at thing. That age. Yeah, I mean, know? just growing up, you know, that was just like what we did. I talk about like Lake Oso and, and those days. But um, yeah, so we're just flipping along and I flip up next to the stick and it hit the bottom, you know, slow fall and it just hit the bottom. And I think I just hopped it twice and I didn't even feel a bite. I just felt like the line just tick. So I wind down and just set the hook and I'm in the way back. I'm in the back of the boat and uh-huh. I, I load up on it and the, and it just starts, it just starts, <laughs> it just starts pulling. And, and I hear the line. It's like, ding, ding, ding. like, it's just like mono, you're like, no. mono, you know, it's just, it's like a rubber band. So I hear it's yeah. like it's tightening. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm wound up on this thing and the boat just starts turning and I go, uncle moon. Uncle Moon, <laughs> and he's all, oh, oh, you got one there. Oh, it's, uh, it's probably a catfish. I'm like, okay, well, we want to land it. So he's like, okay. So he, he starts going with the troll motor, and we kind of start following it. Yeah. And um, I'm pumping it, you know, and giving it, um, I think I had just had like a Corrado 200, the old Bantam. Yeah. You know? Yeah, my uncle has gave me a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. So I had that, and I'm just like going along, and uh, finally we get it, we get it close, and I think my dad, I think my dad was either he had the net or he lipped it, or I don't know, but uh, it comes out, and and clearly like, the water's not really clear. You know, at this point <laughs> it was kind of like an algae bloom, you yeah, know, or yeah. if I remember right, but uh, it was it was pretty dirty, green, um, and so he reaches down and we pull out this fish and it just keeps on coming and i mean the mouth was just so big holy cow what is that thing oh my god we're screaming i'm screaming and uh my dad's like oh wow my you know we brought it back we put on the scale nine and it was like 9.8 9. Oh, 9.9 dude something like that so yeah it was insane but the, the, the shitty thing about that that's it no, you reach, did you get bigger than that? Not. Oh yeah, yeah. That was it. I for mean, the biggest. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like when I caught mine. See, you know it's hard is having this podcast. You keep telling the same fucking uh-huh. story over and over because I'm the host and I have a new. Oh, your calico? No, no, I'm talking <laughs> from the surf. <laughs> see, no, I'm talking about largemouth. Oh, okay. I just talked to uh, uh, Redemption Redemption Swim Baits and uh, Matt from Angler's Clothing. Uh, I caught an eight pounder, but I was only a year and a half into my fishing career. And that's my PB largemouth. Like, oh, and wow. That's, so it was like for me to catch something like that. And then my next big one, as I got into float tubing for a while and I uh, hit silver wood and they had a mats everywhere. Oh, sweet. So I was throwing frogs. Yeah. I get hit. So I'm with my buddy, Roger. Yeah. I'm like, look at this motherfucker. And I'm screaming and I'm like, it's a five pounder. It's a five pounder. I go to lip it. And that fucking frog flies right out of his mouth. And I was like, Oh, Motherfucker, I was so pissed, but damn. But the fight, it's like yeah. nothing like the fight, man. I mean, I can lose yeah. fish all day, but I get that fight. Like, oh, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that that trip to to finish it off. We, I think we went back out for dinner uh, or for the evening bite because we would come in fit. We'd fish and then we'd come and like come back in. And you're camping at this time? No, we were st- well, we we're staying at this lodge that's on the water. It's close know? to Yeah, it's just like a kind of a bed and breakfast lodge with dogs. Is it still there right now? I think so. Indian. Yeah. Wow. From I what mean, I remember. I'd be like way into that to take my kids and bam. If it's a lodge, oh. that way 
I can fish with my older one or my younger, my middle one and leave or my wife could take care of the kids. So my uncle, <laughs> my uncle Moon ended up retiring, and now he lives on that lake full Dude, time. I bet. So man. you want to go out there? Yeah, like oh no, yeah, I'd for be, sure. He lives that. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, Definitely. but um, yeah. I mean that w- that was just insane. We went back out, and I think um, I just remember uh, my dad. You know, it was real tight, real tight on that boat, and my dad had just made a cast, and he hit my uncle in the head. Like he just <laughs> like. My uncle, Moon, poor Moon, you know, he's just trying to get us, showing us around. And my dad just like swings back and he goes and he just, just takes his hat just hits, hits Moon right in the head, takes his hat off. And, you know, he had the fish, the fishing license on his hat. So the whole thing just goes over and he goes, damn it, Jimmy, you know, or whatever he said, you know? Uh, and so I'm like, oh, and so we pulled around to the next, the next cove and my dad was just, He's so funny. Like he would just be like, "Oh, you know," and he's da 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 da. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "I'm going," you know. <laughs> and so he brings one in, and it was a uh, seven seven point two, seven wow. point something like you that. You guys did great that day. Yeah, oh, on a, yeah, that was on a shad wrap. Oh, Rapala shadow. Yeah, yeah. You can't even like, cast you know, how we <laughs> cast those things. Those are so light. Oh right? my god. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And my uncle Uncle Moon did well too. I think he got a couple fives on a spinner bait and I mean, stuff a like that. Freshwater day, that's a awesome Yeah, day, I mean man. it was insane. Yeah. If we had a if we had a five fish limit for that day, it would have been insane. <laughs> it would have been insane. <laughs> you but you guys uh, could have been an FLW. Well, you know, <laughs> as compared to what other guys were I doing mean, out there, who yeah, knows? But yeah. but yeah, I mean it was one for the record books. There's there's a picture I had of this fish and um you know it was it was just it was it was Do you still awesome. have the picture? Is it in the You know, that that's the thing. It we had it up in Big Bear at the cabin mm-hmm. and then we remodeled the cabin and it got shuffled in a, oh, somewhere and gosh. I don't know. But no, it's not in there. But uh yeah, we yeah, but uh it's it's up in here forever. That's for sure. Hey, that's the truth right there. Yeah. You'll never when you catch a fish, you don't forget the way that bite feels, you know, like even when I went uh, recently, you know, just fishing and just getting at my biggest calico on my boat, I think it was a three and a half or four pounder that I caught. And I'm like losing my shit, you yeah. know, because I'm, yeah. I mean, I've never caught something that big from the boat. Thanks to uh, Jeff Leafson. He's, he's out for calico. That. That's yeah, awesome. Dude. Uh, yeah. He's, he, the, all of these guys, Gary, everyone yeah. has been so helpful. Eric, I mean, you, I, like I said, my payment is listening to the podcast and going, okay, what should I try? These guys said, yeah, you know, and that's what, that's what I love doing is like, Eric says, go try a light 15 pound mono on a, you know, a jerk bait. I go and try it and I, I catch me and John from Wacom Baits catch a shitload of fish and I loved it on boiler rocks, you know? So that's it's awesome. Like, yeah, that's definitely. awesome. Yeah, I mean it's a it's just a true testament of like what exactly. actually works, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking with people and networking. I'm a big advocate of that. You know, um you see people and I see you at a lot of the, the deals like where they'll have like a tournament or something and that's super cool that you're there supporting a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, that's that's a, I love to be a part of all that and what's really cool is too, um Fish Head and Fish Head Spin and John. Um, you know, I'll see something going on and on and, uh, Instagram or, you know, a friend's got something to tell me about him. Hey, first thing I do, I'll call John. Hey, John. We do some uh, donations. Yeah. You know, I just try to break it down for him as simple as possible. Right. Cause he's, he's running his business out there in Georgia. Yeah, so, exactly. Hey, make it easy for him. Hey, Corey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what's going on, man? So, yeah. sorry for the accent in advance, John, but, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, basically just say, hey, this is what's going on. There's, uh, you know, like last year we did the All About Spotted Bay Bass. It's an awesome page on Facebook. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're a member. Definitely get on there. Definitely, definitely. All About Spotted Bay Bass. It's an awesome group put on uh-huh. by Dave Ski. Uh-huh. Um, awesome guy. Uh, runs it awesome. But uh, They started a thread last year, and, and basically they just – I think there was – 15 to 17 boats that ended up showing up. We fished Los Alamitos. Awesome. Yeah, we did a Toys for Tots event. And is that, that, that one's coming cash. up again? Is that, is yeah, that we're actually doing on another the, one in two weeks. Six, is it 16th? The 16th, yeah. Okay, yeah, I talked yeah. to a couple guys that are actually doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so, you know, just going back to being a big advocate of, you know, branching out and network, you know, and um, say hi to people. And, and I was fishing one day out in Newport just kayaking along and, I happened to recognize Mike, uh, Mike Brown, uh-huh. body stalker. And, uh, I'm like, Hey, are you Mike Brown? You know, <laughs> or are you, are you spotty stalker? Whatever it was, yeah, you know, and yeah. take, you know, isn't take your pride aside and say hi to people. And he's like, Oh, Hey, he kind of like lifts up. He's all, and I was like, Hey, how you doing? You, you know, and I don't know if he knew who I was or whatever. And we just started talking. He's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, man. Cool. You know? So we're kind of, um, paddling along we're fishing with him and, uh, you know, just catching fish here and there and, and around Newport. And we're just kind of talking and, and all right, cool. You know, like, he, cause he was, he was actually fishing an SBS tournament at the time when I ran into him. And, oh, no way. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Good luck. He's like, all right, awesome. You think you had like a couple on the live well already? He yeah. was doing well. I'm like, awesome, dude. Well, it's cool. Like nice talking with you. Awesome. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just reaching out to him and introducing myself and, you know, we became great friends. We ended up fishing, three events together That's we did awesome, really yeah. well and we got damn lucky and we learned a lot off each other i learned a lot off him you know um you know he's he's just uh he's a great fisherman and um you know it's super fortunate and linked up with him and you know a lot of other people too so it's really hey you know i get it like we're on our phones or you know Definitely, computers yeah, and exactly. stuff and you know everyone you know but uh reach out to people you know um it's 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 awesome you know and that's it that's going back to fish head i mean he's just super supportive so i'll just tell him what event was going on and hey do you want to donate or you want to get a care package together for the winter yeah we'll do a care package we'll do we'll do hats we'll do <laughs> gift cards we'll do this that whatever they want cool, man. so awesome, we had man. every we had lures for everyone we have gift cards we have hats and you know it's and it's not and and the coolest part to me is that you know, it's supporting a, it's supporting a great company. You know, they, they run a great thing. Like Greg was on, on and was talking about that. Yeah, he's the actual, like you got he's the actual pro. Exactly. He's the actual Bassmaster and, uh, major league fishing pro. Yeah. He actually does that. I'm just, you know, I just like their stuff. I use it and promotional stuff, but, uh, everything works, you yeah, know, and that's, yeah. what's good. And they're a great company. So I like, like promoting them. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, you know what? I we really appreciate having you on the podcast and having Greg come on and uh you know, super cool guy. I'm glad we we got to meet, you know, and uh is there anything you want to promote like uh if you guys want to check him out, he has a super cool Instagram page. He fishes a lot. What what's your page? See Fish Pant. There you Outdoors. go. Outdoors. There you go. And he has I think a there's an cool... underscore in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's C Fish Pant underscore Outdoors. And I'll tag him like when we so when we do when we release an episode, I'll Thank tag you. you in the episode and then I'll probably take a picture and tag you. Cool. But yeah, super cool. 
uh, hit him up. If you guys have like a tournament, I'm sure he could help you guys out with donations, you know, for helping out uh, kids, Toys for Tots, something like that. Just whatever. Just reach out. Let's Yeah, let's fish. And if you got questions about uh, fish head underspin for uh, local use, you know, he, he can help you out a lot because he fishes it a lot. And uh, we appreciate him coming on and bringing on Greg. That was our first uh, Bassmasters, you know, Major League Fishing Pro. So, again, thank you very much. Super cool guys. Super cool company. Check them out. Fishhead Underspin and Instagram, right? Yeah, they're on Instagram, fishheadspin.com. Okay. They're on Tackle Warehouse. They're on Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh-huh. And they're at a lot of other local tackle shops. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. So, uh, thanks for listening to this episode. And... Uh, We'll see you in the next one. Bye.